Welcome back to the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. On today's show, we have a debate between Webb Marsh of Penumbra Controls and George Filzos of EcoGrid Technology. The two of them, I put out an article that Webb had written and they got into it a bit on LinkedIn. So we decided to moderate a little dukaroo between the two of them. So I hope you enjoy it. But before we get to that, we want to talk about the Lighting Agora. Um, look, the Lighting Agora is like a boutique lighting consultancy for associations and companies in the lighting industry. Um, it's independent industry experts providing, glo- providing the global lighting community with high-level direction and support. The Lighting Agora delivers the highest quality education, lighting design, marketing, business consultation, marketing research, luminaire design, and website design. Go to lightingagora.com. That's L-I-G-H-D-I-N-G-A-G-O-R-A.com. And of course... You know, actually, you know what, before I, before I cut this, I just want to tell you quickly about our friends at Edison Report, Randy Reed and his group there. What a wonderful job they do on the news, you know. Um, today in Lighting, he puts out a, a, a one or two minute news brief every day. And then also his website is really the go-to spot for hot news in the lighting industry. So check out Edison Report, uh, edisonreport.net. And of course, the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. Go to naild.org, convention coming up. September 13th to 16th. That's right. Check it out. Welcome back. Get a grip on lighting listeners. On today's show, I got a little treat for you. We're going to have a debate on um, 0 to 10 volt versus digital in the connected world. And today I have Webster Marsh, who you all know. He's running a six-part series with us. And I'm sure many of you have listened to him with with his uh, sidekick, Ron, on the Get a Grip on Lighting Conversation series. He's with Penumbra, Penumbra Controls. And he put out an article, and um, he had emailed me and asked me to read it. I read it. I enjoyed it. And so I posted it on LinkedIn. And along comes my old friend, friend of the show who's been on uh, once or twice in the past, George Filzos of EcoGrid Technologies. And he had a couple of um, points to discuss with respect to Webb's article. So we're going to do it right here on the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. How's it going, Webb and George? It's good. Going good. Sorry about the bland background. I just moved into my new dig, so I haven't been able to dress it up like you guys have uh, going on. So I'm a little <laughs> bit blasé uh, here. I, I got some some room uh, maybe to post your article, Webb, over there. and, and <laughs> Throw darts and, at uh, it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Webb, why don't you give us the, um, I guess, a summary of the article with respect mm-hmm. to where, you know, George took issue on that LinkedIn back and forth that you guys had? Yeah, so the article is intended to communicate uh, a thought experiment when it comes to specifying and installing 0 to 10 volt versus digital lighting control solutions. And there's always an argument that comes up when it gets to a VE point in a project where the contractor says, well, you know, the lighting package is going to be cheaper if you go analog. But what gets hidden behind that is sometimes if you go analog, you're actually exploding the cost and the size of the lighting control system. And so staying digital may have been actually the cheaper option, even though the luminaires themselves may be more expensive having a digital direct control driver. But the point of the article was to say, it's not always the case one way or the other. You should always look at a project 
in its entirety and say, okay, you know, is digital going to be better here? Is analog going to be better here? Or is a mix of the two going to be a best solution? And so it was really just to kind of take people's expectations and misconceptions with the system and, and evaluate it. Just so we, uh, we understand, not every listener is, is a sophisticated mm -hmm. um, person. Let's just talk, what is VE point? Um, give a quick oh, definition sure. of zero to 10 volt versus digital, what the difference is, just so everyone listening is familiar. Yeah, so valued engineering is a term that's commonly associated in, in project development with making a project less expensive. And so when somebody says VE, they're referring to an opportunity to reduce cost on the project while still meeting the goals of the project. And this may actually result in less features in a lighting control system, for instance, but maybe those features weren't necessary to begin with. And so it becomes a question and, and discussion. So um, talking about zero to 10 volt, which is an analog control solution for lighting controls, you are dimming lighting fixtures with an analog signal of zero to 10. Whereas digital is often Dolly, DMX, these, these more um, complex protocols that will send messages instead of just a, a signal. And these messages can be coded to say, you know, here's the intensity state that I need you to dim to, or it can be more robust and say, okay, I want you to be this color temperature or something to that extent. Does digital also include wireless control systems as well in this case? Yes, it does. Um, so long as, again, it is a direct control driver, if the driver needs a zero to 10 volt signal and you use an, a device that sends that zero to 10 volt signal to the driver, I would argue that the driver is still technically an analog system. Mm -hmm. Okay. George, do you support those three definitions that um, Webb just laid out there in terms of zero to 10 volt versus digital and the value engineering? Are you in support of those three def definitions there? Before I think, yeah, I, I, for the most part, I'm, I'm, I'm in support. I want to take it back a bit. I, I don't know if this is more a, of a debate more than maybe a, an education for, for uh, the folks out there. Um, and, and you maybe uh, preface it that, you know, not every, not every listener is as sophisticated. Uh, maybe you're referencing yourself, Michael, I'm not sure about what a V <laughs> point is. Just had to throw that in there. I, I, I've been on the podcast before, so I guess I know how it works. Anyhow, um, the 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 whole thing uh, uh, goes back to the zero. I guess the zero to ten uh, driver. I don't know uh, why all of the fixtures that are not in the uh, going out and getting installed right now don't have a zero to ten driver on already. So I don't know if we're even arg or, or I don't know if there's an argument to be had uh, with uh, digital versus analog when um, we're, we're talking about analog controls readily available and, and, and getting out there. We're talking about accessing that. Uh, what I'm uh, what was was making a point of is with that zero to ten uh, volt control being the reference point for the dimming always readily available um these other systems that web's talking about uh be it dolly dmx and so forth i mean as long as there's access to to that 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 uh intensity point uh being zero to ten as a reference then i think uh it could be done uh the article went in and talked about the i guess the thresholds between 
going from uh, what's more cost effective, what's not. I mean, I, I'm of a fundamental disagreement entirely of going anywhere proprietary at all. I mean, you might have a better cost point today, but the article maybe didn't tell the whole story. I mean, you're going to have a major cost difference tomorrow. And that's kind of where I was coming from. I don't, like I said, going back to my uh, point, I don't think this will be a debate. I think this will be just a, a great conversation with a really intelligent guy. <laughs> well, <laughs> I appreciate your compliment. Um, I also would like to extend that. I think you're also incredibly intelligent. And I, I saw your podcast um, previously and I really enjoyed it. Um, there were some great conversation topics that I would love to touch on at a later date and time. But, um, you know, I, I would actually not necessarily agree with you that all luminaires out there come with zero to 10 capabilities. And one of the issues is color changing. When we're getting right. into more dynamic capabilities, we're actually, if you provide a zero to 10 control point, you are missing out on some really good control capabilities in those fixtures, especially when it comes to tunable white, um, but also worst cases, RGBW or more color options, you suddenly explode the, the capacity of your system when you need to control each color with a zero to 10 signal. And so um, not all luminaires, I would say in most commercial applications, when you're dealing with static white, absolutely zero to 10 is a great um, option available out there. But um, there are still a lot of direct digital control drivers out there that do static white capabilities. And um, the argument here is that if you do not need a relay and a control wire dedicated to each control zone, then your back of house equipment quantity goes down because the relay and the um, wire tend to be the same part of the same circuit. And so really the only consideration you have for back of house equipment is generally control panels that send the digital signal out and your breaker capacity. So, cause they are circuit agnostic digitally. If you have a digital control, uh, direct digital control driver, you no longer have to provide individual circuits, individual feeds for each zone. And so because of that, you're reducing your control wire quantity. In addition, you're also reducing panel quantity because you no longer have to have relays assigned to each zone. I'm going to suggest that anybody is doing anybody who's sending out different, uh, be it uh, low voltage control or circuit level control for different zones in different areas today, 2022, is so 1999. I don't know who does that anymore. And if they if they are, they should really give their head a shake because there's so much readily available product out there to be circuit agnostic, product agnostic. You can get any type best of breed light with a with a readily available Bluetooth control that I can program off a phone with color changing capabilities with intensity capabilities zero to ten. I mean, it's all out there readily available. I don't know why we're even talking about proprietary type uh, uh, controls out there and what you would call uh, 
uh, I guess, uh, network controls. I didn't, I, sorry, I didn't remember I, I the, the, what were you, what were you calling it? What was your nomenclature for these uh, digital systems? Direct digital control drivers. Yeah. So direct digital control drivers, not to name any companies, but like Signify would be one of them, right? <laughs> take, take Signify, for example. Sure. Why can't I just get one of Michael's lights with a zero to 10, uh, uh, component to it uh, I got many drivers out there have a have a 12 volt auxiliary uh, output take the 12 volt auxiliary output and now I got my channel device that's very inexpensive that I can connect and and all the the, the digital inputs for the color changing I can uh, one two three channels right there on my little wireless uh, device put that in the fixture along with my uh, sensor and that's it. I'm done. I'm about a, a fraction of the cost of, of uh, a proprietary digital system. I got uh, control capability from it uh, from a, from a phone. And if I want to network that uh, to some enterprise level control system, I would grab a gateway and pay some guy a, a, a cloud fee, some company, some cloud fee and, and, and get it done. I don't know why we're having this uh, discussion and I don't know who's doing circuit level. Uh, and zoning wiring that's so what I used to do back in, in the, literally in the 90s as an electrician it was I, incredibly cost cost prohibitive to do any type of zoning control back then and any anybody who's doing that now today I mean they're just they're just missing out I don't disagree with you I think that there is absolutely a lot of benefit from having direct basically individual control components per fixture. But um, there's a lot of uh, Ludditeism when it comes to that sort of device. And so actually I am seeing a lot of um, older format lighting control specifications still coming out, especially from engineering groups who are wary of modern tech that has the capability of being poorly commissioned or poorly installed. Yeah, and that's a great, I'm glad you brought that point up. Because guess who's guess guess what's wrong with the channel today, the the and what I call the channel I'll call it the the distribution uh, business and the and the whole watch ecosystem. It. Watch I, it. I, I'm, I'm watching it. I'm you 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 taught me to tell like it is, Mike, from the last show. So I'll I'll try to you know be a little bit more forthright with all you guys. But anyway, the whole channel itself has a problem. You got. The same thing that we're doing today, that they're doing 30, maybe even longer years ago. So technology's changed. Guys like you are out there who, have, who know about the technology, who can who can uh, get uh, adopt adaptation out there and and really you know uh, you know uh, give clients access to these great uh, technologies. But the channel itself hasn't changed same specifiers same distributors everything the same this industry's changed the technology's changed they stay the same they stay the same so when you have these weary uh engineering specifiers uh not uh adopting what's happening wonder why that is i have my own you know inklings as to why well, let's just, like you know, let's just tell what it is. They're 1999. 
Are you kidding me? You're gonna you're gonna put out a a, a circuit level low voltage design with uh, zone controllers. What are we Wattstopper? Wattstopper two thousand and one. What are what are we doing? Well, I would I would make the argument, and this is a point that you brought up on your on your previous conversation on here, is that who is the specifier? Technically, the specifier is the rep. The manufacturer is yes. providing the design. Yes. And so I yep. would say that one of the reasons we are still stuck in an older format is because the manufacturers are the ones who are able to really control and dictate how the specifications are completed because um, the cool. industry is moving incredibly quickly for specifiers to keep up. And so they're leaning really hard on their reps to be able to provide them the correct information. And additionally, um, the, the sales reps um, are providing essentially free labor. I'm saying free in quotations because technically it gets rolled into the cost of the, the project, but the specifiers don't have to, to spend the time. You're, you just made the, uh, I was trying to allude to that on the last show. That is the, uh, an absolutely critical point in that the, uh, and, and why, well, first of all, the rep is doing all the work. Uh, the rep is doing all the photometrics, all the design, you name it. They're handing off this uh, 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 project design in a neatly uh, 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 packaged with a bow on it so that the, the specifying engineer can take it, <laughs> cut and paste it, and, and charge the client the billable hours for that, whatever that design was. And that's a fundamental, and what's even worse, is that rep now is lead spec on that. So you have a, 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 a client that's forced to use this person, this, this company's product. They're going to throw some uh, equivalents on there. So two or three names, perhaps. And any other, anybody else who wants to bid on, on this particular tender will have to submit their design, you know, 14 business days in advance for us to review it and no one's going to review it. So you're stuck with these three names. One of them we're really favoring because we got the free, you know, like, as you put it, free labor and free design from, which is how it works. It's been working for the last 30 years and it's not, it's broken. The system has always been broke. It's okay. Not, so let, let it, me jump in here, George. Engineer's so main title is engineer. What are they doing for that? They're okay. not doing any engineering. I, I, you know, I, I sense your exhaustion. Like you're, you're on the front lines of this, George, and you're, you're exhausted with the, the way that the process works. And then right. Webb is on the education side, and he's saying we need to educate people. What I've been talking to Webb about a lot is that people don't know yeah. about this. Okay, so yeah. what I would say, you know, is that humans will change very, very quickly if the benefits of change are obvious to them, they'll change overnight. You'll see that with cell phones. Right. You see that like people will change very quickly. Right. One thing that right. will prevent them from changing is if cost, but also if there's institutional blockage of the change. Okay. So are you suggesting that on the show here that the, and do you agree with this web that the reason why the industry isn't changing is not because the technology isn't ready, easy to use, affordable, and better, but is because 
the institution of engineering along with the specify and bid process is literally blocking that change. George? My answer is yes. I want to see what Webb's got to say. <laughs> I, I would I'm, say I'm that more... that is a... Sorry, say, I couldn't hear that. Say that again. I was, I'm an emphatic yes to Michael's question. Yes, there's an institutional blockage. There's a, a bottleneck. And the bottleneck is the channel. And 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 so uh, institutionally, let let's let's dumb this down a bit. If I'm in in a in a in a in a warehouse and I want to get some really good, readily available high bays that uh, uh, are uh, stock, and I don't have to wait 14 weeks to come in offshore <laughs> for, and I, I got my uh, I got my zero to ten uh, Bluetooth or or even uh, um, uh, even Zigbee, whatever, some kind of wireless uh, device that I can program for a phone or this little microwave thing that I can program over remote with zero to 10 control. That is uh, an inexpensive device. I have my on and off from uh, from my, my my vacancy, occupancy, whatever you want, to, uh, to, whatever type of uh, control logic you want to program it for. So you got my, your energy savings right there. You have your intensity. You have your top trim. So you can trim it to whatever top end you want. And then when they're not in for uh, you know, a minute or two, you can take it to the second stage, have it at 10%. Okay, okay, but talk about the institution. Let's go back to the institution. This is done. This is a readily available device. It's, it's done. And, and you, can't, you can't design that as a, as, a, as a consulting engineer to open the standard to any type of device that are out there that are, are 10 bucks. Are you kidding me? And you're 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 telling them to go and, and put infrastructure in place with low voltage wiring everywhere and back of the house equipment and relays relays are you are you kidding me man come on Webb over to you institution right, so if you if you ask for a one word response the answer is yes but the thing is I would say that it's a symptom and it's okay. a symptom of the underlying issue which is a lack of unification. I would say we, we're in sort of a Wild West territory of lighting controls where everybody's going at it as hard as they can with their own approach. And the problem is we do not have consensus. We don't even have consensus on what a dual tech occupancy sensor is referring to. Is it microwave? Is it acoustic? Is it ultrasonic? You know, we don't have a, a unified terminology. We don't have a unified standard. We don't have unified protocols. Even though you say Bluetooth, Bluetooth, what? The, the information yeah. being sent on Bluetooth is still proprietary. And so we don't have a, a meeting of the minds with the manufacturers saying, okay, what protocol are we gonna agree to use? It might not be perfect, but at least it's, it's the, the thing that everybody knows that lighting controls are being controlled by. You know, the reason why the mechanical division is so good at what they do is because they have standardized. They have come to an agreement mm. of, okay, BACnet, BACnet IP, maybe sometimes Lawnworks, but for the most part, we are using these core protocols with these core functions. And that's why specifiers in the mechanical division can keep reusing their specs over and over again, because they don't have to worry that some new Bluetooth technology is going to come and kick the door in and say, well, you know, what about us? And so, you know, 
that's another reason why the mechanical division is coming hard and fast for the lighting control system, but they're having a really hard time penetrating it because they keep assuming everybody's going to go, oh, well, open standards, of course, perfect. No, that's not how our system in, in North America works right now. And so the symptom of disagreements and who owns what scope and who, um, you know, which manufacturer is the right choice, which design format is the right choice, is a result of our inability to unify. So there isn't a clear message to engineers. So that's what you're no. saying. That's that, and yeah. and I, and what and what George is saying is that's no excuse. I, I'm 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 I couldn't agree I couldn't agree more with Webb. He makes some very valid point in that it is a symptom, and there is we we as uh, in the industry are are doing a, 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 a we're not we're we're doing a subpar job in in terms of unifying the message. I I, I give him that. The, it, it, where's the balance though? And he brings up mechanical as an, as an example. And, and, and that example is a great example because yes, they have been able to reuse specifications. Yes, uh, they've standardized and, and kept things uniform, but that has also hindered folks like us that if we wanted to bring in uh, uh, multi-application functionality, we can't really do it. That's kind of a roadblock for us now. So if I want to tell if I want to use the same $10 sensor to, to tell the, the, the office uh, that, hey, I'm, I'm occupying this space, you can turn the VAV box up, can't really do that uh, in a cost-effective manner because LawnWorks and, and BACnet IP are, are blocking that. And they don't really consume, uh, they don't consume uh, um, uh, data points uh, that well from APIs, do they? So, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, they've done a great job, but it's kind of keeping it back to 1999 anyway. And there's nothing wrong with 1999. I actually remember it was pretty fun, but we're, you know, we're so far past that right now. We just don't, there's got to be a, a, a happy medium where there's folks like uh, 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 out there that can, can, can push the envelope, keep things uh, uh, cutting edge, and yet, you know, Folks in the in the, in the uh, uh, consulting engineering world could like I, I agree with Michael's uh, framing of it. There's no excuse for that. That's their job. They got to be on top of this. Find, let them find the happy medium. Let them. But engineers uh, don't uh, work that way. That's not that's not how the you know there's a there's the the the, the you know. Police work that. a certain way, firefighters work a certain way, and engineers right. work a certain way. They're going to default right. to proven and reliable over and over and over again. And, you know, right now, yeah, sure, you got to, you know, George Filzos can whiz bang it up for you, you know, and, and, and I'm being facetious here with you, but, you know, let me, let me sure. sort of change, let me, let me sort of change gears here and maybe I'll yeah. give you guys some perspective. So right now you have the control uh, people pushing forward, but it's like a bunch of cats going in different directions. Okay. That's what I see. Right. And everyone's trying to cat, you know, win some protocol or, you know, open protocol license game where they're the ones that supply the software or something like this. You know, you have these, I sense that that's the, that's the first thing. The second thing is you have all these circadian health effects coming down the pipeline. Okay. And these two things, need each other really, really badly. Okay. So if you want to actually deploy a circadian friendly system, sure. They say, you know, oh, all you need is lots of light. No, you're going to need some digital control in order for it to be effective. 
how do you integrate that into your argument, Webb, when you're talking about this? Like, if you actually want this circadian, oh, did we lose George? If we actually want this circadian, how do we marry controls and the health effects together at this point? Well, how we do it right now, how we're capable of doing that is proprietary, at least in North America. We have proprietary systems that will provide that capability and and some backdoor connectivity to that proprietary system if you're trying to control it with something else. Um, but the ideal would be a unified language. Um, you know, this is something that I rail on a lot when it comes to protocols. I come from theater. The theater world has agreed that DMX 512, whether or not it's perfect, is the protocol. And you can have different layers. You can have ArtNet streaming ACN, but it's DMX at its core. And so that is how they overcame a major challenge back in the day before DMX 512 really became popularized. Because back in the day, it was similar to how it is right now in architecture, where every building had its own protocol. And so you'd have something what's referred to as a strand house. A strand house meant that you could not use other people's equipment. You had to have strand equipment. And so that's how we are right now with, with the building, with architectural building lighting controls is, you know, it's, it's either a Lutron or a Wattstopper or whatever system. And you either need a backdoor to tap into that or you need to just buy in completely to that proprietary system. And so maybe with Acuity brands where they have everything under the sun that they can offer, they can also provide the circadian entrainment capability with their proprietary system. But the ideal would be to not have that proprietary system locking you out. Uh, I'm going to suggest there's product readily available that's that's giving folks the ability to do that. In fact, I have a, 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 a device, it's a real time clock device, and it does the tuning uh, based on the real time clock devices commands. It's inexpensive, it's readily available, and it works. So uh, is it uh, is it proprietary? No, I can put it on anybody's fixture. I don't need uh, uh, an enterprise system to control it. I can I can use a Bluetooth, and and uh, I'm you know I'm nobody special. I don't know why. How can I find all you know, these devices and put them together and 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 and, and get them uh, out in the field and and the the, the channel can't you know come to the party with with uh, some of that help for clients out there. Um, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why the channel, and I'll defend the channel here a little bit for you, George. It's yeah. because the customers are not that interested in this. And I hate to break the news to you. Like, the average customer that, I was just in a 55,000 square foot warehouse uh, date Monday, okay? They got six lamp T8 high bays. You know what they want to do? They want to change them to LED tubes. That's it. <laughs> And you're going to go take their money? Absolutely. All day long. That's what I do. I'll, we, apply for, we apply for the rebate. We get them the tubes. Do you want them installed by us? Are you going to install them? Who's going to recycle the old ones? You start talking to them about circadian and digital controls and all this sort of stuff. You just lost the sale. Like I'm telling you, that guy's going to call up the next guy who's going to apply for his rebate. And he's going to buy the tubes from that guy. Like that. that's where... The problem. I've actually I've met engineers who have been fired from projects because they've insisted on meeting energy code. 
Well, yeah, and there's another point. So, so, but you know, they're 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 supposed to engineers are are have a have a are bound to their 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 trade, and they need to you know uh, they're 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 supposed to push that envelope. You you on the other hand, Mike, you know you're you're a seasoned veteran. You know what you're doing, and you know that 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 person who wants those tubes wants the path of least resistance. You can't sell him. You know, to go fifteen percent, twenty percent more to go and and put a, a a fixture with some kind of even a remote control uh, device that could program a sensor. You can't sell them because you just want to make that easy sale and walk away and 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 go. Uh, yeah. Uh, on and I'm proud of you for that, but there's no honor among thieves. Uh, listen, I mean, listen, 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 listen. The other day I made a point on the show and I went crazy on Twitter. Like, stealing is money. You should sell him. All right. The mixture with the center for 15 extra percent because that person will never get another chance to go up 40 feet in that in that space and and get on a, a new technology on the heels of of changing uh, uh, from an old technology. I don't I'm, and you're gonna go. My, my question for you guys here is oh, why is anymore. why is circadian entrainment so important? It's, it's not. not. I would not. Uh, it would. I would. That warehouse that he, Mike brought up would. I wouldn't even think of talking about Sarcadian. So, just, so then why are we? Why are we insisting on on pushing this? Exactly. I would push the. the I would push the. the what's the, the case? What's the? What's the? What? What's? What's the benefit to Richard down at the warehouse, fifty-five thousand square feet of having access Bluetooth? To, I'm being serious with you now. I'm what is the benefit? The benefit of going from a 32 watt T8 to a 12 watt T8 is extremely clear, right? No, and he gets and, you're, and, and you're he, he saves money. money. You're you're taking his money. You're costing him money. You're 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 doing a huge disservice for because you know better. When you know better, you do better. You're gonna take down that fixture. And you put up a new one that's gonna last a hundred thousand hours from factory. When you have a simple little twenty dollar device. That task tunes that to 80%. If that was a 24-7 facility, at 80%, that light is going to last at least 20% longer. So George. now you give it a 12-year solution, 15-year solution. It turns off when nobody's around. Now it's going to last even longer. George, you can't I got a question for you. I got a question for you. Do you, do you, do you read paper books? Physical, <laughs> physical literature? Is that a is that a loaded question? Because if I say yes, I it is. don't, you can be a dumb person. <laughs> I do. No, I do. No, no. I mean, if you don't, cool. I'd, I'd be I, curious. I, but. Uh, uh, no, I, I I do read. I do read uh, occasionally, not when I have yeah. some time. But you you read physical physical books, right? <sighs> Ever since the technology changes, uh, uh, and I know where you're going with this. It, it, Let him go with uh, it. Let him go with I it. Let walk it. I love to walk into a good trap, George. Come on. Uh, yeah. Let him drop it. <laughs> I love, you know, I still print on paper if that's yeah. where you're going, you know. Right. Yeah. I get so, it. so, I mean, we have the technology to go completely paperless with our literature. And yet people still insist on having physical paper. I know groups that still print their submittals and mark them up with red pen. That is a huge waste of paper. And the reason why they do that is because that is their preferred method. And so mm -hmm. what I, I agree with Michael here that, you know, the customer's preference is really the focus here. If they really want to be that wasteful and continue to use fluorescent lamps, 
who's who who am I to be to stop them? I mean, yes, we can create laws like we did with incandescence saying no, you can't ever do this again. But, you know, until that is in place, they have the option. And Michael loves a guy like me because I will go into that 55,000 square foot facility and say, customer, thank you, but no thank you. Can you call my friend Michael? He'll look after you on this one. There oh. <laughs> you go. And that's why we're friends. Listen, there's nothing you. wrong. Listen, I did a quote. I love to fly by night and make a quick deal. I don't mind I'm flying by night to make a quick buck, buddy. But listen, because you know what? I, I think what would be very helpful in this argument, whether it's like circadian, you know, as a whole, it's, it's a train coming the other way that needs the digital addressable controls if they want to do what they say they're going to do. Okay. But if we just look at digital, digital controls, to me, it's a new construction play. There's not a lot of people or a very big facility play. There's not a lot of buildings that are going to want to renovate to this. They're, they're, they're going to see that as like, ah, well, then what are we going to do about the office? We just want to address the warehouse lights right now, or we're just doing this area. And so this, and then the future proof thing is, eh, I, to me, it's, that's difficult to sell. But I think that what, what might be helpful, George, I know you love me because I fly by night and make a quick buck, but um, the sneering contempt that sometimes the industry has for the customers is vi is probably the biggest problem. Uh, uh, we have listen. to listen to Don't. the customer. And if yeah. we do not solve a real problem for the customer, then we're yeah. never going to move forward with this. Don't, don't don't get me wrong. I don't. Uh, I truly out there. This is you know we're 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 amongst friends, right? But I'm out <laughs> of course. there. I mean, I'm, I'm taking. I'm taking. Uh, uh, we're doing business just like you are, Michael. Where sure. we're, we will relamp and we'll re we'll put on you know uh, what I'll call not, uh, dumb fixtures with the you know fixtures up that have no intelligence. And we're we're listening to customers. You know, there's no contempt there. Uh, but. Uh, it's it's just not it's not the it, it just it boggles my mind where where you can't you know bring uh bring something that's uh you know state of the art it's when it's readily available to you and i i agree with some of the points that you know a new it's not the network controls are 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 you know could you know new construction and and those types of uh jobs maybe more suited to that i i'm thinking Actually, I'm trying to get across that there's a more middle ground. There's a lot of really good standalone controls out there. Even a remote control device that can talk to the sensor is better than what you're you're doing out there with relamping re these guys, Michael. And that's that's all I'm saying is that and and web web's doing a great job, you know, educating the 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 market and and. And telling them what is out there for where are all these VE points and stuff like that. But I'm I'm thinking that there's a little more to it, and the VE points could be even uh, uh, more uh, uh, for middle ground standalone controls that can do the task tuning. Forget the circadian rhythm stuff. I'm talking just simple task tuning in the in the industrial space is all you need. And that by far is going to save them a lot more energy. It's going to save the planet and it's going to save them money. But uh, I, would, I, I totally agree. And I think, you know, one of the things that is a real disservice to owners um, is that there's no, there's very little mixing of control types. Typically, if you, if you have a project, 
you're going to have either an NLC, Network Lighting Control System, or you're going to have standalone, or you're going to have a central control system. You're not going to, you, you rarely see the mix and match format, which personally I think is the best format. Because yeah, typically yeah. I don't need to see my, my janitor closet on, on my BMS. Exactly. So why would I need to integrate that? Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I'm with you on that. We're going to agree 100% on that point. And, and maybe you won't see that too often in the, in the, in the industry, but uh, Webb, I guarantee you when you, you ever come up here in Canada, I'll take you at least five, six facilities where I've done just that. When we do, uh, we'll do uh, very high-end uh, NLC, what you call NLC, NLC systems in, say, the boardrooms where we want to have that. Um, we want to be able to schedule rooms and stuff, uh, you know, people coming back to work from COVID, things of that nature. But we don't need that for the rest of the open office space. We don't need that for the for the warehouse. And we will do we'll do the best of uh, breed uh, uh, lights with the with the, what we feel are the best controls suited for the application. And we're doing it right by the customer that way. And when we get that kind of dialogue with the customer and the opportunity, uh, you know, maybe not the opportunity maybe we want an open mind uh as you put it earlier people still like paper maybe we want an open mind from the client to say you know maybe i don't know what i don't know and uh i'll let you know someone like yourself you know educate me a little bit maybe we want an opportunity like that and and maybe that would would would, would push the industry a little further i think you know across the board there's a lot of education that still needs to happen and um, I, I'll definitely take you up on your offer to, to give me a tour of those facilities because I love looking For at sure, controls. But, By all um, means. You know, as far as owners, specifiers, installers, across the board, there needs to be a, an upgrade in knowledge when it comes to lighting controls. And there needs to be that more open-mindedness. But I think one of the challenges right now, at least with with owners that have experience with systems is the majority of them hate certain systems. They have mm. a vehement dislike because of a bad experience. And mm. so one of the bigger challenges for manufacturers to sell their product is overcoming those bad yeah, experiences. Lighting control systems have a bad reputation. I'm just going to throw it out there. No, it's a fact. It's a fact. I, 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 I'll tell you, I, I've had some maintenance contracts with very large wow. malls in Ontario um, where, you know, we had to recommission the lighting control system and wow. then the power went out and it rewiped itself. And so what yeah. they did was we overrid everything so that the security guards had light switches. They could turn on and off the parking uh, decks and turn off this section of the mall because they were fed up. So lighting control systems have a really bad reputation. But, you know, I'm going to we're almost at 45 minutes here and I think we had a good duke out. Uh, George is pretty hot. <laughs> but I, I think that the uh, I think that the message web from listening to your podcast with Ron and kind of really listening. And then, of course, I know George and I love his I love his his um, style. I think. You gotta hire EcoGrid Technologies if you want to do this. You gotta hire Ron Kuzmar. Like it's not about buying into the system. Yes. It isn't. Like if you're if you're if you're uh, like Michael Colligan and you're out there and you're like, yeah, you know what? I'm just gonna bring in George on this job. These customers are really hot on this, and I'm gonna bring in someone that actually knows what they're doing in this world. And well, going or, yeah, go ahead. Going going to your point though. You need to have a, a proven reason why that added cost is beneficial. 
because right now we're fixing a problem that we created. And so we're, <laughs> we're, we're basically like, you know, those MMOs that create pay to win scenarios where it's like, well, it's a, it's a difficult grind, but you can pay to, to improve your character if you want. And it's like, in this scenario, it's the same situation. It's like, well, you know, it's a really complicated, difficult to install system, but if you hire us, we'll take care of it for you. And so, but I don't, I don't disagree with you. I think absolutely one of the points that I will continue to stand on is lighting controls, specialists, professionals need to be a part of the conversation. That's an emerging profession, actually, I would say. The lighting controls yes. integrator, like you talk about Ron or George, that's actually a, an emerging, you know, yes. thing. Like an electrical contractor, AV technician, lighting controls integrator, maybe con building controls integrator will emerge as as a, a type of trade that we need moving forward. Um, mm -hmm. Any final thoughts, George, for the Get a Grip on Lighting listeners? Um, no, let's uh, keep, keep doing what you're both doing and, uh, you know, in, in your own respects, uh, are, are, are doing what you need to do to save energy. I just think... Uh, 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 Webb, you got some great points out there. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Keep educating, and uh, you know we're going to do our part and try to uh, try to be uh, as as a, as uh, effective as we possibly can, selling uh, you know business to business for now, and, and see what happens in the future. Because taking on the channel and correcting the channel and correcting the the landscape and getting them educated is a, you know a little bit out of our Eco grids control. I think we're gonna take our uh, we're gonna take our time, <laughs> and that's raiding wish... Webb's powerhouse. Finish off this, Webb. <laughs> I wish I could take control of the industry. I'm just trying. I'm yelling into the wind in a lot of cases, but you know, I, I think that it's great that manufacturers are willing to have these conversations. You know, the fact that you're willing to hop on to this and just debate and and bring up great points and and test the limits of our knowledge really says a lot and the the core of the lighting controls community really has been trying to put its head together and, and say okay how are we going to fix this problem that exists out there i don't think we have any solutions yet but i think at least there is a, a drive a desire from within the industry to have an effective change and um, i'm really excited to see where things go from these conversations from you know just trying to get people educated and hopefully we'll we'll see some improvement over the years so folks if, we made it to the not, end michael, sorry if not michael's there ready to take the business <laughs> that's right buddy I'll, i i fly through the night looking to make a quick buck all day long with uh, folks if you made it to the end sorry, here, I, I, hope have you, I have to throw that there that's okay brother um, listen, if you made it to the end here, we're going to post online the Web Marshall Ontario junket with George um, when he comes up. And George is going to take everybody out for dinner. That's what I heard. He's so rich from all these lighting control projects. He's going to rent out the whole restaurant and all you get a grip on lighting and listeners can come. Um, of course, thank you for listening. And I know I speak on behalf of George and Webb. And we're going to keep this going, this debate going through Webb's work on get a grip on lighting and that and more to come. Thank you for listening, folks. Bye for now. Hey, folks. Well, that was a nice little dukeroo between uh, George and Webb. But you know what? Before you go, why don't you think about the Lighting Agora for a second? What do they do? Well, you know, the Lighting Agora is really a boutique consultancy. It's focused on the lighting industry. You don't have to worry about introducing them to what's going on in the lighting industry. Run by Tom Butters, um, longtime, uh, you know, stalwart 
of education and consulting in the lighting industry. And, you know, when you think about it, a lot of times we need help and we reach out and, you know, we, we find these people and then we have to tell them all about the lighting industry. We've got to tell them they have to learn all of our problems. The lighting Agora already knows all that. And so if you need help with education, development, delivery, if you curriculum development, um, mentoring and tutoring, marketing, planning, development, uh, development of those plans and implementing research, um, social media strategy, um, design, layout, consultation, business development, luminaire design, website development, website consultation. Like you don't have to teach them the lighting portion of it. You get everything with the lighting agora. You get all the consulting knowledge and you get all the lighting industry knowledge. And so you hit the ground running. So go to lightingagora.com. That's L-I-G-H-T-I-N-G-A-G-O-R-A.com. And of course, our friends at Edison Report, Randy Reed and the crew. Look, you can't beat Randy. I mean, the guy's on top of the industry. If you need news, if you need um, you know, to know what's going on in lighting, you got to go to Edison Report. Check out his Today in Lighting, which is a quick hot blast of what's happening in today in the lighting industry. Randy Reed, Edison Report. My hat goes off to him. It's going to stay on because I got this thing over my head here, this headset. But love you guys at Edison Report, Randy. And, of course, the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. That's right. Get associated. Get educated. Look, we're having a convention in September, the 13th to the 16th, come on down to the Dallas Market Center where we're going to join up with Arclight. That's right. We're going to put it all together in one big hot blast. You know how we roll. So come on down and join us the 13th to the 16th. Nailed.org is the place to go to look for that. And of course, man, put your people through Ellis Evolve. If you're a Nailed member, Ellis Evolve is the place to go for continuous education for people that work in lighting distribution. Thanks, folks. Bye for now.